Welcome to another exciting episode of Feasting at the Table with Grace Tom Lawyer. Feasting at the Table is a Bible study program that seeks to apply the truth of God's word to our everyday life. It is a feast and so there's something for everyone. Get ready for a fresh, anointed and timely word from God. Thank you so much for joining us again today. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. This is Fisting at the Table, and I am so excited that God has made it possible for us to be able to continue our lesson. We have been on a journey discussing and studying the life of Abraham. We're actually using the life of Abraham as a prototype for the team we're studying, which is the faithfulness of God, the faithfulness of God. And we've learned a lot so far. In short, in our last study, what we did was we looked at Genesis chapter 15 and we looked at the life of Abraham. We saw how Abraham was transparent with God. Abraham was able to say to God, there was a dialogue. Sure that's like the first record of prayer as it were between Abraham and God. God spoke to Abraham and Abraham spoke to God. In the time past, we've been looking at God just saying things to Abraham, Abraham not replying back. But this time around, the Bible tells us that after these things, that is in verse 1, we saw after the things, after the battle and everything, we saw that Abraham began to fear. He began to think about things that had happened. And, you know, just reflecting again about the promise of God. And he was transparent with God. When God spoke to him and gave him a promise, Abraham was able to say, see, God, I, I don't really, I know you have these blessings for me, but I have not seen myself getting what I need the most. About the things we said, is that if we're going to stop fear, doubts, and discouragement, we need to learn to be transparent with God. We need to learn to have God's word for ourselves because the word of God came to Abraham. And the Bible tells us graciously that Abraham believed God and that was counted to him for righteousness. And God did not only stop there. God went ahead. He made a, a covenant with Abraham. One of the things I believe we didn't get to last week was getting to the fact of that covenant that was made. The fact that Abraham had to prepare animals, cut most of them into two, and he didn't cut the beds into two. I know he slept up. And after he slept up, there was this horrible darkness that came. I know God himself passed through the fire. And we said that in the time past, what happened? They didn't write, write out contracts with legal paper. But this was what they did. And as people walked through those places, what would happen is that when people walked through those places, guess what would happen? They would have as it were saying to themselves that if I break the covenant, it's going to be something that would affect, you know, the, the, the just what has happened to the, these animals is what will happen to me. But God by himself walked through there, you know, making an irrevocable covenant, an unconditional covenant with Abraham saying that, listen, I would bless you. And he said to Abraham, listen, look at the dust, you know, look at the stars. Initially, God had said to Abraham, look at the dust. But this time around, God was saying to Abraham, look at the stars. And I want to remind you, child of God, that God is faithful. It's something we need to remind ourselves about again and again and again. Because as we continue on this life journey, child of God, we are going to have challenges. As we continue on this life journey, child of God, we're going to see things that will make our faith begin to try to waver. And the only thing that is going to hold us clear hold us down is the word of God. It is what we're hearing for God, from God for ourselves, especially on a daily basis, especially on a daily basis. And so today we would continue this study. I am excited because we're going further on in the story. And you know, one of the great things I love about the Bible is that the Bible makes us to understand that, listen, these heroes of faith, they are not perfect. They are just like us. Just like the word says in the book of, uh, in the book of 
James, that Elijah was a man of like passions. He was just saying that, listen, these people are like us. These people have their failures. These people have their, you know, they have their ups and they have their downs. But guess what? The faithfulness of God proves true in all of this. And we might fail as we go along this journey. We might not get it 100%. But the good thing is that there's the grace of God that is able to help us as we've journeyed in this path. And God is able to make all things work, all his grace to work towards us as we go along. And I trust God that as we continue to look at today's study, we would learn more. So I'd like us to turn our Bibles today to the book of Genesis chapter 16. I'm going to be looking, we're going to be going around it verse by verse. It is such a chapter that is packed with so many principles, so many things, so many patterns from us to learn. With, and I want to encourage you to open your heart to the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit begins to take us on this journey even through today's teaching. So let's go to our Bibles and turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 16, which is where I'm turning my Bible to. Uh, I believe I read somewhere that said, now after these things, but I've tried to look at it in all the translations I've seen in front of me and I can't see it. All I can see is now. So I'm just going to read it. The Bible says, now Sarah's wife, Abraham, bore him no children and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. I would like to stop there and I would look for it in the King James Version that will perhaps help us. Let's look at it in the King James Version. Say, now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, and she had an Egyptian maidservant whose name was Hagar. I know one of the things I saw was that they said, Oh, after these things, and what are these things? The incident that happened in chapter 15. In chapter 15, there was a great mountain peak. Abraham heard from God. There was, you know, there was spiritual reawakening. There was a reassurance with him about the fact that God is still intent on his promises, that those seven promises that God made to him when he called him out, we discussed this at the very beginning. God was still intent on doing it. He was still intent on the land, intent on the seed, intent on the hair, intent on the fact that he was going to bless Abraham and use him as a blessing to reach the whole world. And so the Bible says that, you know, God had said to him, because Abraham was saying to God in, in chapter 15, that, listen, God, I don't have anybody. Is this Eliezer that is going to be my hair? And God said, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. The uh, child coming from your own loins will be your hair. I know child of God sometimes is like that. We're believing God for as little much, you know, just thinking, you know, maybe, 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 but no, what God has for us is exceedingly abundantly far above. You know, I was walking about today, just, I just went to the city center and I went past through a shop and I saw that the shop, I believe it was, a, it was a Christian shop. I didn't even notice it before. And it had a mug that said, I know the thoughts I have for you, thoughts of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. And child of God, it's important for us to have that at the bottom of our mind. So let's go to our text today. The Bible says that now, after these things, you know, at now, you know, Sarah, Abraham's wife, you know, was barren. She had bought, bought these children. She had not born this, this child, these children, this thing that God had promised. It has still not come to pass. And the Bible says, and she had an Egyptian maid who was called Hagar. And I would like to, before I start to talk about that, I'd like to read it from the voice translation. I don't know how many of you have used the voice translation before, but the voice says, despite God's promise, years went by, still Abraham's wife, Sarah, remained childless, but she did have an Egyptian servant girl whose name was Hagar. Sarah had an idea as she approached her husband. Glory be to God. The Bible says that despite God's promise, years went by. And I don't know, child of God, if you have years that's gone by from the promise of God to you, what God had said to you, you're so sure, you're certain that God had said something to you. And you think right now that years have gone by. You can calculate, in short, you know the very last time God spoke to you about 
about that particular subject. You, you, I mean, you wrote it down. You knew God had spoken and years have passed by. Years have passed by. I want you to know you're in good company because the Bible says here that despite God's promise, years pass by. I want to say that, you know, one of the things we're saying is that, listen, when it comes to faith, our faith must have patience because if our faith does not have patience, the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 6 verse 12, that let us follow the examples of those who have gone ahead of us. Why? The Bible says that through faith and patience, they, uh, they, they inherited the promises, the things that God had spoken to them. They were not able to take full delivery of it without having faith and patience. Glory to God in the highest. And I tell you, child of God, that faith and patience are like the wings that a bird used to fly. There is no way, no bird is going to fly properly if they are handicapped and if they just have one wing. It cannot just be faith alone. There must be patience. It is part of the journey. It is part of the curriculum. They are not mutually exclusive as it were. They need to be with each other. Our faith has to be backed with patience. And why does our faith have to be backed with patience? Because the Bible says that he that believeth shall not make haste. Because the Bible says that the sure sign of our faith is an ability to be patient. The Bible makes us understand that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The Bible makes us understand also that somehow it looks like God is not in a hurry. God is the one in charge of time. In he stepped out of time. He stepped out of eternity because he's God to create time. And so when he says something, child of God, be rest assured that he's well able. Because if you look at the life of Abraham, if you look at the, as it were, the absurdity, the, you know, the, the, the seemingly, you know, when is this going to happen? The Bible says years had passed by. And guess what? It was 10 years that passed by. 10 years since he had that promise, since he left everything, you know, since he left Mesopotamia, since he left everything and followed God. Guess what the Bible says? That the years had passed by. The promise had still not happened. All of those great experiences he had with God, he could count them. He knew that he had those promises. And guess what the Bible says? Sarah still remained barren. And then guess what the Bible does? The Bible introduces, tells us that there was an alternative. And child of God, we usually have an alternative. In short, there's a way the voice version puts it. The voice version said, Still, Abraham's wife Sarah remained childless, but she did have an Egyptian servant girl whose name was Hagar. And but Sarah had an idea and she approached her husband. And child of God, there are alternatives. There's always an alternative to getting that thing that God has said we would have. You know, there's always a, a brighter, as it were, a shorter alternative, an alternative that seeks to help God, an alternative that says God is taking too long. Maybe we could help him to go about this matter in a better way, in a quicker way, you know. I, I, and I want to say, I remember reading through the, the, the work of Warren Wesby concerning this chapter. There were some things he said. He, he talked about faith. He talked about faith and the things we're going to receive from God, that they have to be in God's timing. He also said also that it has to be to God's glory, that God is not going to do anything. When it comes to faith, when it comes to what God has done, then if we want it to bring glory to God, then we must be able to wait for God's methods and God's timing, the way God is going to do it. And we might say, really, to be fair to Sarah, that Abraham may have told her what God said. I mean, Abraham may have told her that, but God didn't specify as it's where that's the next thing we say. Well, but God didn't specify, God did not say it must be true. Sarah, God said it to be true. If that Abraham, you will have a son, and then maybe Abraham decided, okay, well, maybe it's not Sarah. And then maybe Sarah was able to, but trying to protect her interest, trying to protect things. And she was looking at herself and her body and just thinking, why not I do something about this thing that God has asked us, has, has talked about? And child of God is important for us as we make steps, as we make decisions, you know, that we look at the problem 
promise that God has given us. I will make sure that what we're doing is in line with God's promise. Let's make sure that if we're trying to accomplish the things that we think God has, has said that he's going to do, we need to make sure we're doing it by faith. We're doing it by the word. So we're not doing it against the word. If somebody's trying to get married, the person is not getting somebody else's husband, you know, because that's not by the word. That's not what the word says. That's not what the word allows. As it were, we see Abraham. Yes, at that time, in that culture, you know, where Abraham and, and Sarah were staying, you know, that was normal in the culture. Because in those days, it was terrible for a woman to be childless. It was almost like it, it was it was a thing of shame. It was, and it seemed then that if someone is childless, the, the whole fault is the woman. You know, they, they, they just feel that, oh, the fault is the woman, and the woman is supposed to be fertile. So let's get another wife. Let's get anything. And to be fair to Abraham, he didn't get somebody else. Sarah was the one who suggested this great idea. And you know that sometimes, in short, most times when we have temptations, we don't usually have it, you know, from somebody. Imagine if a neighbor told Abraham, oh, why don't you get somebody? Perhaps Abraham will not listen. But this is Sarah. This is the woman he shares his bed with. This is is the woman he has shared things with. This is the woman that he's been doing life with. This is the woman that left everything, you know, where he left everything when he said, oh, I'm leaving my father, my family's house and everything. She left it all also to follow him. This woman must be concerned about his welfare. This woman must be concerned about the promise of God coming true. And so she came up with an alternative. And guess what this alternative was? The Bible says, Hagar, an Egyptian, an Egyptian maid. And that brings me back to remind us about what happened when Abraham went to went to Egypt. If we remember clearly, there was a famine and Abraham went to Egypt. And that makes us understand that in all of those times, there was no building of altars. In all of those times, we didn't see Abraham seeking the face of God to say, should I go down to Egypt? We didn't see any of those things at all. Well, we see Abraham going to Egypt and then he left, eventually left Egypt. But when he left Egypt, he came with things, things that he had acquired in Egypt. And one of the things that was acquired in Egypt was Hagar. I was reading a commentary and it said that Hagar happened to be one of the princesses, you know, of the king of Egypt who decided that she was going to follow Sarah because she saw how Sarah was when she was taken into the harem and all of that. Any which way, we know that Agar is an Egyptian. And, and it's interesting because this is in Abraham's house, someone, you know, that is a representative of where the descendants of Abraham are going to be kept, where the descendants of Abraham are going to suffer. And it's interesting because when we bleed further down, we see that Sarah mistreated Agar. And that was something that God ripped several, several, several hundred of years later on. And didn't just give, it wasn't just that little period because, I mean, if you look at the, the episode between Hagar and Sarah, this was when Hagar was pregnant and that would not have exceeded maybe like nine months thereabout. But by the time the children of Israel got into the land of Egypt and were there in bondage, it was 430 years. And that tells me a lot. I'm not going to go there now. Let's, let's be men on this best one that we are. The Bible says that Sarah had an Egyptian servant um, who was called Hagar. And child of God, I don't know if we have that Egyptian servant with us. I don't know if we recognize the things in our lives that are supposed to be servants. The things in our life that God has blessed us with to serve us, rather than for us to begin to use them to serve other purposes, rather than for us to begin to worship them as if we are beginning to put them on a pedestal that God has not put them on. Because instead of Sarah to begin to see Ega as someone who was a servant, she began to also see Ega as someone she could use to fulfill her vision, as it were. And then when you look at Hagar, there are several things to learn from the life of Hagar. But right here where we are, we are looking at the life of Abraham 
And Sarah, as people who received a promise, child of God, you have received a promise. Child of God, you are sure that God has spoken to you. Child of God, certain and several people have confirmed that thing that God has said to you. But like Sarah, we can say years have passed by. Like Sarah, we can say years have passed by and it looks like nothing is happening. It looks like, it just looks like, where is this ever going to be? Child of God, be encouraged. Because as we continue to look at the life of Abraham, we are reminded again about the faithfulness of God. If you thought, if you didn't listen to the very first two lessons, you know, when we began to talk about faithfulness, I want to encourage you to go to the, the very first part of this series. I mean, that is like almost four months ago when we started and we talked about faithfulness. You know, we talked about what the faithfulness of God means and why it is important for us to understand the faithfulness of God. Because in a world where people do not keep their words, in a world that is changing and in a world that is it's dynamic where people can say this today and say that tomorrow. Guess what? We need something that we can rely on. We need something we can build our home on. We need something we can go to the banquet where we know that our check will never bounce because it has been written, you know, by the blood. It has been written. It is, it is because God will say something that because God could not swear by anyone greater, he had to swear by himself. You know, he has honored his word above his name. That is the God that we serve. I just I just want us to, you know, begin to think about the bigness of this God. And as we look at the life of Abraham, it makes us to understand that Abraham was just like us. The Bible says years had passed. Years had passed after the promise. And then they began to look at the alternative. Are we looking at the alternative today? I really need to think, okay, well, there's really no need for me to be holding on to this Christian faith. There's really no need for me to be holding on to these convictions. Years have passed and nothing is happening, you know, and then we get the alternative. And so the Bible says that Abraham took, um, Sarah suggested, had a great idea and said that to um, Abraham. And one of the things we'll see here really in this lesson is the fact that, you know, sometimes when we're thinking, of, thinking about the alternative, it's not usually something that is so far-fetched away, you know, from where we normally are. It's something that is perhaps in the culture, but it's not in line with the word of God. It's not every time the culture, you know, works in line with the, with the word of God as it were. Most times the culture sometimes wrong contradictory to what the word says. Most times that's what the culture does. It's wrong contradictory to what the word says. Hallelujah. And so we need to remind ourselves every time when we're trying to follow the culture to make sure is this in line with the word? Because the Bible tells us in book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1 that we should not let ourselves, you know, conform to the things of this world, but we should be transformed with the renewing of our mind. Let the renewing of our mind, let that transform us. Let the renewing of our mind, let it transform us. Let that be something that would change us. Let that be something that will cost us. Let, let that be something that we look at, the thing that we use to, as it were, deal with things that we face and things that we go through. The Bible says that Abraham, the Abraham's wife had a great idea. So let's turn our Bibles. Let's go to the next verse and see what happens to this great idea that she had. And Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord had restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. Okay, let's look at it in another version because that might help us to, you know, that might help us to get something greater, something in another version. I'm going to look at it in the... Expanded vision. It says, Sarah said to Abraham, Abraham, 
Look, the Lord has not allowed me to have, you know, prevented, restrained me from having children. In so this sexual, so have sexual relationships and go into my slave girl. If she has a child, maybe I can have my own family. We produce, have a child, build you her. Taking a second wife or concubine was common for a childless couple at that time. Abraham did what Sarah said. I want to look at it in the voice. I want to look at it in the voice. In the voice version, what does he say? Sarah to Abraham, you can see that the internal one has still not allowed me to have any children. Why don't you sleep with my servant girl? Maybe I could use her as a surrogate and have a child through her. Abraham listened to Sarah and agreed to follow her plan. In those days, no, they, they had not had the technology of, you know, surrogate, taking the child, putting it. No, they had not had any of those things. But they could do those things. You could, you could ask somebody to be your surrogate um, um, mother, you know, by the plan that Sarah was suggesting. He, she said to Abraham, Abraham, um, the Lord has not allowed me. And as I read that, you know, one of the things that makes me to begin to see is that what Sarah is suggesting is that God has not allowed me. What Sarah is suggesting God does not, God does not really want my best interest in heart. And that's usually the lie of the devil. When the devil wants us to begin as it were to consider alternative, it begins to tell us that the cause of our problem is God. That if God is all powerful, is he willing? Hallelujah. Because sometimes that's our issue. Sometimes that's what we struggle with. We struggle with the fact that the things around us are trying to make us believe that God does not really care, that God does not really, is not really concerned about our situation. After all, he's all powerful. After all, these things that we're asking him to do, it doesn't take him anything to do it. Glory be to God in the highest. I'm so grateful that the God that we serve is not only all powerful, he's also all willing. Willing. The Bible says his thoughts to us are thoughts of good and not of evil. Sarah began to say to, to, to Abraham, oh, the Lord has restrained me. Oh, God has stopped this good thing from happening to me. God has stopped this good thing, this thing that I've been asking God. After all, what does it take God to give me a child? No, God has stopped me. And so let's just go about this alternative. And the Bible says, Abraham listened to the voice of his wife. And I want to ask child of God, who are we listening to? Who has our ears? Is it the word of God? Or is it the word of reason? Is it the word of our path? Is that word in line with what God says? Or is that word in contradiction with what God says? Because if that word is in contradiction to what Guess what? We're not going to receive and see the fullness of what God is talking about. Of those things, it's going to just be taken as it were a longer route, you know, just taking a detour. And I don't know if you've driven before and you're taking a detour where you think, oh, well, let me just take this road. I know this road better. And then sometimes the sap knife actually just tells us one road that we think, oh, we know better. And then we decide to take that detour road and things are even worse. <laughs> we just think we should have just followed the right road as it were, you know. Sarah began to say, oh, the Lord has restrained me. Child of God, are you thinking that the things that are happening to you, God is unaware? Are you thinking that the things that are happening, God is God is just being unnecessarily slow? You know, God, God wants to God God is not interested in our happiness. You know, you know, and the devil sells all those lies just to make us begin to consider alternatives. And what we are considering alternatives, guess what? We are considering. We're saying that God is not good. That's usually the lie of the devil. That's usually the thing the devil wants to make us believe. That's usually the thing the devil wants, as it were, to make us believe, to make us think that, you know, this is, 
This is what God is saying concerning us. God is not concerned, but God is concerned. God is concerned. I, I just want to say a few more things before we begin to round up for today, because as I'm looking at the time, I'm thinking, oh God, how did that time go? How did all of this time go? And we're just in the first few verses of, of, of this well, just in the first few verses of this word. So, so let's go back. Let's go back again to, we're just going back again. I just want us to look at something, just something briefly as it were in this word. Let's look at something briefly here. Something that we can learn again from this book of, from this, from this whole thing, because there's, there's so much. There's, the, there's a culture around us that we can learn from. There's a culture around us that we're not saying that we should be weirdos, but you know, we should not follow those things, especially if it is not in line with the word of God. There was no need, you know, for Sarah to go around trying to say, you know, how do we help God? There was no need for all of that because that singular action, we are all, as it were, we are all witnesses to what that action has cost us. That action has cost the whole world, the whole world, what that action has cost us. So let's see again, Genesis chapter 16, verse 1, that we've read, we, we've said here in verse 1, we, we've looked at what the Bible says, We've looked at the suggestion, the fact that these things had happened and still the promise of God was as it were delayed. And, uh, and I want us to remember that no matter what we're going to, no matter how it seems concerning the promise of God, and you're thinking, what's going on here? I want you to be rest at your child of God, that God is faithful. As we look at this story of Abraham, we see the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. We see God's faithfulness come true at the end of the day, irrespective of the fact that Abraham began to wonder and began to think what God was saying and what God was doing. And so just as we're rounding up, I'll, I'll just like us to look at, you know, some of the things we can just learn as we from justice, verse one and two there about that we are learning, we've, we've just looked at today. We looked at the fact that the time had gone and we said that for us to these are things that happened we've had the promise of god and the years have gone by abraham was now about 80 85 years old this is when he left mesopotamia he was 75 and this is 85 10 good years had passed why was god delaying why was god waiting so long it seemed that god waited for abraham and Sarah to be physically as good as dead so that god alone would get the glory you know when he came to that age it wasn't about abraham or sarah anymore everything you know about faith is done for the glory of god so i think that from what we've seen here, one of the things we could safely conclude is some of the evidences of our faith. What are those evidences? First, the fact that we are willing to wait. We need to be willing to wait. We've talked about either believers will not wait. His. Also, the fact that we are concerned only for the glory of God. And then we are obeying God's word. I said earlier that Abraham listened to the voice of Sarah. No, 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 not the voice of Sarah, not the voice of our partners, but the word of God. And then we should have God's joy and peace within. Why we are waiting. God is working. God is working. Child of God, God is working. And that's something we need to reassure ourselves of, that God is increasing our faith and our patience and building our character, even as he says in James chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. The Bible tells us also in the book of Romans chapter 4 that we are we don't see 
I think, yes, we don't see what's enlarging us, but we get enlarging our waiting. Just as waiting, that's the message transition, does not diminish a pregnant woman, you know, but makes her to continue to increase and increase until that time when the baby is born. The baby is the gestation period sometimes is what we do not know. The gestation period for that word that God has given us, you know, the greater the word is, the greater it's where the gestation period. But one of the things we can be sure of, child of God, is that as long as the sun arises, God's word to us will remain true. God's promise to us will come to pass. Father, we thank you again for your word. We thank you for the reminder of your word and the fact, God, that we are in good company, that, Lord, we can see that people in the word they received the promise, but it took time before the promise came, not because you were delayed, not because of anything, but the, the promise eventually came true, and it came true as a result of your faithfulness. Father, I lift up everyone who is listening to the sound of my voice today, who has got a promise for you, and who has been wondering and waiting what you're doing. I ask God that this word would encourage them again, will cause them to know that you are mindful of them, and that you are faithful, more faithful than the morning sun. Father, we thank you again. We give you praise and we bless you for this word. We bless you for your faithfulness. We ask that you grant us grace to work and remain in your faithfulness. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen and amen. We hope you have been blessed by the word of God today. We look forward to seeing you again next time on Feasting at the Table.